Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode is called Mystery on the Mississippi. It is season 26, episode 2. Is it only episode 2? It's only 2. I don't know why I'm saying 2 like that. (laughs) It aired on October. Is it October already? It is. It's rough. I know. Let's not... Let's move on. I don't want to discuss that. Yeah, Um, it's upsetting. October 6th, 2017, hosted by Dennis Murphy, who is enough. Yes, he is. And he proved it once again in this episode. He was fantastic the entire episode. Yeah, I do think he needs a haircut, though. Is it between? Maybe it's between I think he's between haircuts, and it's it's right on the very end of where he needs to go. Okay. This episode took place in Quincy, Illinois. And it starts right off, just right off, with my OMG moment. Does it really? Yes, it does. Okay, what? Once again, I'm not going to try not to yell, because it's all in caps in my notes. Again with Mark Twain. I knew it. I cannot, okay? It doesn't, it doesn't even need to be said. Why, why can't we just say it's by the Mississippi River? We don't have tons of episodes that take place around the Mississippi. No. Right? So this time they say this area that gave us Mark Twain gave us another larger-than-life character. Last time it was the girl was sweet and a little salty, like a Mark Twain. I, you need to stop telling us where, da- where Mark Twain is from because we don't care. And trying to somehow make it relevant to the episode, which it is never. Also, because Mark Twain is not from this city. No, just somewhere along the the Mississippi. He's within a 40-mile radius. Maybe he was born there. But this doesn't... But it's kind of like the Alamo where they're... Yes, it is. ...have to keep reminding us that this is where the Alamo is. And then they show us B-roll of tourists going to visit the Alamo so that we never forget the Alamo. Never forget where Mark Twain is from. What I'd like to do is put this on a bingo square and have one bingo square dedicated to the Alamo Mark Twain, and then there's going to be a third one. But if any of those three things are mentioned in the episode, maybe Shakespeare, they do a lot of sort of like a Shakespearean, right? they do a lot of referencing to Shakespeare as well. So maybe we can put Shakes on there. I love it. So this episode is about Curtis. Now, this is going to be really hard for me, okay? I don't know how to say the last name. Sometimes they said Loveless. And sometimes they said Lovelace. It's Lovelace. Are you sure? I'm 100% positive. Lovelace. Because I think it's where you sometimes say, you know, better. You're not saying better. You're saying better. And I think sometimes people just pronounce it Loveless. I think it's a pattern of speech thing, but I, it's definitely Lovelace. It's like Linda Lovelace, the deep right. throat lady. Yeah, deep it sure, throat. It sure is. Yeah. Yeah, deep throat. And we mm-hmm. went deep throat throat throating in this episode i don't know you tried i tried tried something new there didn't work out so curtis love lace was an all-american football star which dateline once again thinks that we care about he Corey, start dating in college Corey, they get married curtis was president of the school board became like a big shot lawyer they have four kids and then we jump to Valentine's Day, and she is very, very sick. She's too sick to take the kids to school, so the dad does it, which is a really big deal because dads don't normally do mommy jobs, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm laughing at how stereotypical it all was. It's pretty um, bad. When he came home from dropping the but kids she didn't, off. Wait, stop. She didn't work, though, right? She didn't have a job. Mom she was She had her a job. job at the very beginning. I believe they said she had a small job. That supported them while he went through law school, I think. That's right. But and since people he on was Twitter a- were laughing because it was like, oh, she had a small job because she's a woman. Oh. People were mad. Yeah, um, but yeah. I'm mad now. So he was only gone for like an hour taking the kids to school. He comes home and she's in bed and she's dead. She was 38 years old. He says, I shook her. I called out her name. I did this. He's very methodical, but he is a lawyer, but he's extremely unemotional when he's talking about it. The detective right away thinks that her hands are positioned very strangely. That's the most important part of the whole case, is they're floating above her body, kind of, in rigor mortis. Very creepy. They're above her chest. So the detective finds alcohol by the bed. Turns out Corey and Curtis are big drinkers. 
And she had been drinking and falling down a lot. And she was also battling bulimia, which can cause you to just suddenly die. She also had a cut over her mouth and inside her mouth. I think it was above her lip. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. We'll that could be it. bulimia. That's what my, yeah. That's yeah. Exactly. The cause of death turns out to be unknown. They do say she has a fatty liver from all the drinking. So, and side effects probably of bulimia were in there too. But they just, they don't say what the death is. And they get her body cremated. The family does. Which is a decision that would haunt this town for years to come. Never heard of a cremation haunting a town. So this is kind of a Halloween episode. We have floating hands and we have a haunting cremation. It totally is a Halloween episode. Right? right. Yeah, I like it. So a few months later, Curtis, and notice how I just say a few months later. (laughs) It was literally just like a few months later. He starts dating Erica. Okay, Erica. Let's jump right into Erica, shall we? Are you sure? Yeah, I think you don't I, wanna wait? I, I think okay. I don't want to wait. I, I debated in All my right. head about waiting till Fashion Police, but it's really okay. not a Fashion Police. It is it's really not. related to the episode. It's a fake out Fashion Police. Yeah. So yeah. Erica, we should say, was a student of Curtis's at this law thing he was teaching, but she's not a 19-year-old. She's no, only she's 33. F- yeah, she's only like four yeah. years younger than him. So this was, so part one of my second OMG moment of the episode is meeting Erica. At first, I was really confused. I was really scared. I felt very uncomfortable looking at her. I felt like she looked like a creepy crash test dummy or um, some sort of ventriloquist doll or something. Oh, that's a good one. She, her makeup is very cakey. Her hair. I think is... you just think that when you see thick makeup. I think that's your no, natural it's reaction. When, it's when it's thick makeup that looks a tad too light for their skin tone. Oh, so me every day. <laughs> no. Uh, constantly. No. Well, I need to stop watching. Iggy Azalea every day. Yeah. I need to stop watching foundation tutorials on YouTube. I'm <laughs> obsessed. It's so stupid. I watch them over and over. Like somehow foundation's just going to change the entire structure of my face. It's not. But I'm like, it is. No, it's not. It seems like so much effort. I could really it's use so that. Dumb. But I really don't have the energy. It, it's a time waster is what it is. Because then it's an hour later and I learned how to contour something. But I don't. Yeah, contouring. Yeah, no, it's not really a thing for real people. Oh, I thought it was. I don't know. Yeah, if you listen to our podcast and you're a contour, send us a picture. Yeah, a before and after, please. And maybe a YouTube video. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, Erica Gomez. He, okay. She's wearing large glasses. Yes. Which, I don't, well, they could be cute on somebody. They're hipstery. Yeah. Her hair, it pretty much is just a wig, right? And looks like a wig. And straight up. Straight. Like from, it looked from like the a, jump. Yeah. yeah. It looked like a wig from like a CVS maybe. Had a wig section. Right. No, it's an eBay wig. Comes. The most disturbing part, the part that made me the most uncomfortable, her lipstick. What was up with the lipstick? It was only filled in part of the way. Oh, no. Like the middle part. So it was filled in to like here and then outside where there was still full-on lip had no lipstick on it it was to make her lips look thinner but you could still see the lip underneath with no lipstick on who wants to do that well she does have i think large lips that make her more recognizable so she was trying to tone it would be like if angelina jolie only put in lipstick in the middle part of her lip but you could see that there was a ton of lip outside so it's part of her disguise. The lipstick yes. thing is like her yes. trying to change the face of her shape, which should have been done with contouring. There you go. Bring Full it circle. all around. Yeah. Segway. Mm-hmm. So, yes. yeah. So I was just really uncomfortable. Like a doll that you look at and you're like, that doll gives me the willies. She looks like she, a human doll. Yeah, yeah. She gave me the willies. Then they say they've altered her identity to protect her privacy. I wish they had told us earlier because I, for a good 20 minutes, written all about crash test dummies. And then I find, oh, that she was looking like that on purpose. That is not her day-to-day look. Let me ask you a question. Would you just do the all black if you were trying to protect your privacy? Just have them film you you in the shadow? I was going to ask you, Hmm. would you rather be on national TV and be involved in a murder case 
or wear that makeup. <laughs> Crash test dummy makeup. It just didn't work. Is the pro the, at the end of the day, it just didn't. It didn't really hide what she looked like. Right, and that we they were also later. using her name. Right, her real name. They were using her name, and they were using her voice. Dude, the blackout is so much less ridiculous. This looked ridiculous. It did, and they kept having us having to see it in like normal settings. Like they had her do Folgers moments. They did looking, yes, they did. looking out into space, just pondering life, holding a cup of coffee, looking like that, probably scaring any pets that she had because they didn't recognize her. <laughs> okay, so let, should we f- move, finally move on from Erica? Yes, please. Erica met Curtis at a club, and he looked really out of place because she thought he was way older than he was. Wait, I'm going to need you to say that again and say at the club. Thank you. And at the club, why was Curtis there a few months after his wife died, and he has four children at home? They don't ever discuss it. Why was he there? Uh, They start dating. She and her child move into the house. And they get married. Curtis's only daughter, Lindsay, who looks so much like the mother, twinsies. She is kind of pissed about Erica moving in and thinks that it's weird and she's the new girlfriend and it's too soon. So she ends up moving out and moving in with her grandma. Well, also, Lindsay's what? When she moves in 13, which is the worst age that you're going to switch something up like that. Yeah, she's a fresh fresh teenager out of the oven yeah, yeah. no it's not gonna go <laughs> i'm sorry well. oh. i don't know i've been using that a lot lately i are I you need to applying stop for it. a job at subway i've been doing a lot of baking i had to bake for my family reunion which i'm gonna bake you one of these things i made reese's peanut butter bars Ooh. that i think you're really gonna like uh, okay. i like that. you gotta wait for, you gotta wait for hanukkah okay hanukkah <laughs> <laughs> something to look forward to okay so Curtis and Erica are happily married for a while. He is a pillar of the community. He continues to do like volunteer work. They serve together in the National Guard. It's pretty much everything that you can do that's communal. They do. He's like the head of the school board. Yeah. He's he's, like, yeah, he's the guy. Yeah, Yeah. he's the guy. But they they slowly start to grow distant and they start fighting a lot and they end up getting divorced. His next wife... Wifey number three, Christine, who is kind of Betty Crocker, Martha Stewart-y. They have known each other since high school. They reconnect on Facebook, and then they get married. She has a pie shop. Now, I know you are excited about the pie shop. Oh, yeah. Dennis asked, <laughs> what is your go-to pie? Which tickled people on Twitter. They were just delighted by Dennis asking that. And I it, liked it, too. Did you? I did. I totally did. Because I wanted, I wanted to know. And so I was like, please ask what her best pie is. And he did. <laughs> and I was like, thank you, Dennis. You're enough. And we're on the same wavelength. I'm really happy. Christine says that she makes a mean gooseberry pie. But she does yes. it in this weird kind of flirty, like, I got you covered if you want a gooseberry pie. Well, no, blueberry. Blueberry was her favorite. But then she also makes a mean gooseberry which just, I don't know if I've ever had gooseberry. It, have I had, I wanted to call my mom and be like, have I ever had gooseberry? I was going to ask Probably you, not. have you ever seen me I, have gooseberry? Do I even know what gooseberry is? I don't know if gooseberry is a thing. I think the gooseberry pie is a mixture of berries. I could be dead, dead wrong So we on don't this. think gooseberry is actually a kind of berry. I don't think gooseberry grows. I think gooseberry is a term for something else, but... I also feel like when you throw in something like I mean, I make a mean gooseberry, it's obviously going to be a seasonal thing, right? It's going to be available for like two months out of the year. It's going to be everyone's going to want one. It's going to be people's favorite pie that they wait for all year round. Do you think that this is epidemiology all over again? 96% chance that I made up all of what I just said. But now that I'm saying it out loud, I believe it even more. But I did put some time and thought into it but, but not I, enough I to google it to find out the right answer i was really busy trying to get outside information on this which i did okay good you are enough so <laughs> it's been a long time now since the murder this kind of drove me crazy is they say eight years but then later no. they say it's been seven years i wanted to be their fact checker because i'm really particular about things like that and it kind of yeah. drove me crazy has it been seven years or eight years 
Yeah, what's the timeline? So it's now 2013, and this mm-hmm. detective starts looking through old files, and he sees this this case. Which is seven years. Yeah, this one was seven years. Earlier okay, in the episode, they had said eight. I'm going to be really embarrassed if I'm wrong. The detective is looking at the autopsy photos and the pictures of her hands kind of frozen in death above her. And he thinks the rigor mortis is way too advanced for her having just died within the hour, which is what Curtis says happened because he says she was alive when he went to drop the kids off. The original cop looks at the photos and agrees that something wasn't right and felt like he had missed something. And he couldn't believe that there wasn't an investigation. Now, I don't think I've, I'm trying to think if I've literally ever heard a cop admit fault like this ever on a dateline. Because usually it's excuses, excuses. But he is fully, we did something wrong. We missed yeah. something. He was my MVP right there. You got to admit when you make fault. And he did it. I was yeah. really impressed by that. So they decide to reopen the case, but they don't have a lot of work with because there was no investigation really the first time around and her body has been cremated, which is why it haunted the town for years to come, I guess. So cops go to interview the neighbors. What are you looking up? You're barely paying attention to me. I could be saying anything right now. Are you looking up? No. Are you looking up YouTube videos on foundation work and contouring? <laughs> I, lo- I looked up Gooseberry. <laughs> what does it say? It's totally a, a, a berry. A real berry? <laughs> it is totally a real berry, but... That doesn't it looks mean... Like it's ha- it looks like it's hard to get. All right, I'm done. Sorry, I just wanted to... We are so where dumb. Where, where does it even We are grow? really dumb. Oh, Wikipedia's berry section is bull... <laughs> er, sorry. So, so upset. Oh, California. Okay, whatever. Keep going. I'm done. Okay. I'm closing. Can it. I actually talk about the case now, and you'll p- you'll listen to me? Yes. Yeah, sorry. We got in my brain. I couldn't get rid of it. It had <laughs> to be done. It had to be done right stuck now. Stuck in your craw. It was fresh it baked in the oven. It had to be pulled out. <laughs> it was. The timer was going off. It was gonna get burnt. All right, go. <laughs> so the they interview the neighbors who say they used to fight constantly, constantly. Just. I mean, I would have moved. The cops interview the daughter who's now in college, and she says that her parents totally did fight and that it was a very interesting relationship. But she says her mom was up and awake that morning before the dad drove them to school. So she couldn't mm-hmm. have been killed hours before. But mm-hmm. they get a new pathologist to look at the photos, really, because there's no body. And she says that Corey was suffocated with a pillow, which was then later removed, which is why the hands are frozen and floating in midair. She thinks because of the rigor mortis that she was murdered the night before, like nine o'clock the night before. She had been laying dead all night. Mm -hmm. So that totally goes against what the daughter said, which was that the mom was awake that morning. They arrest Curtis. He was supposed to be bringing his pie wife fried chicken for lunch at the pie shop did you think that was cute i thought it was cute because the way that she said it was i had an inkling he was gonna bring fried chicken that day so he surprised her with what he brought her for lunch and i thought that was really sweet i kind of thought yeah it was cute they bring the husband in they also bring in the two boys the two oldest boys and they say they saw their mom alive that morning the youngest boy says that the mom wasn't awake that morning, right? That he tried to watch TV with her, but she was not awake. She wouldn't wake up. When did they say that? I can't remember if it was in that part or another part. Okay. But right. he said he used to crawl into bed with her and watch TV with her, but right. she wouldn't mm-hmm. answer him that morning. But right. the two older boys say they saw their mom and she said goodbye to them when they were going off to school. And then so when the mom came back upstairs, the youngest, the four-year-old, would crawl into bed and watch right. TV with her. Yes. And then he said he t- she wouldn't wake up. Yes. She didn't answer him. Yeah. Did he, did he crawl into bed with her? I don't know. Some people okay. thought that he was saying he did, and some people thought he was calling to her from his room. I just feel like that's really important. Yeah, it because is. Because a four-year-old is... Anyways, I'll, we'll get to it. The daughter, Lindsay, so she talks to her brothers the day her dad was arrested, and then she never talks to them again. And you kind of think they all died? 
but it turns out like I thought there was a car accident or something because it yeah. said tragedy strikes this family again. It's like what? Oh my god! Yeah. Um, she just becomes estranged from her dad and her brothers, but they're very vague. They say the family doesn't want to go into it. That's why they're not talking? Did you find out? I did. <gasps> a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yep. So uh, Curtis is now on trial. Remember, he used to be the former assistant state's attorney, and now he's on trial for murder. It's ironic. So the prosecution says the day Corey died, Curtis never called 911. He called his boss when he found Corey dead. And the boss is like, um, should, should I call 911? Should, should we do that? So weird. Yeah. Curtis- so we called the... The district attorney? Is that who he called? I'm not sure. It could have been his boss at the school. It could have been. He had a several jobs. So it That's could have, so bizarre. Yeah. Okay. Curtis also apparently knew CPR, but did not try to revive her. He instead drops the kid, the one kid that stayed home from school because he's too young, drops the kid off at grandma's house and says, oh, by the way, Corey's dead. <laughs> like BT dubs, your daughter's dead. <laughs> Peace out. Dennis thinks that is so weird. And I love when Dennis gets all matter of fact. And he says, I have to say, I think that's very strange. I just, I could not have loved Dennis more in that moment. It just made me so, he's just very like conversational. I have to say, I think that is very strange. Okay. The prosecutor says that Curtis was given preferential treatment because he was a big shot lawyer in the town. And that's why there wasn't more investigative work done. Lindsay takes the stand. She kind of struts into court with these red pants on. Did you see her strutting? Yeah. She says, this is a bombshell, that she now doesn't remember if she saw her mom that morning or not. I gave her the benefit of the doubt. People on Twitter were very mad at her. Mm. It was weird the way she described it. I just don't think she was accurately describing what was happening. Because we've talked a lot about childhood memories and false memories for kids. You know the story with the rabbit? Yes. So I think she had for years been telling the story that she saw the rabbit. And then one day she really sat down quietly and asked herself to remember the rabbit and realized she really couldn't remember the rabbit. She had just been parroting this story that she had seen the rabbit all those years. Okay. And that makes sense to me because... I think she she and the brothers could easily have remembered that day differently because we've learned about kids' memories are so easily manipulated. That's true, but she's 12. She was 12. That's true. So what, do you think she was doing it just to mess with the dad because she's mad at the dad? I think I find it really suspicious that she remembers so clearly in such detail being called to the principal's office, how she was told that her mother died, being taken home, then going back to school. She knows that story. She has that down. So I I do find it suspect that suddenly she can't remember, especially because it was Valentine's Day. And there was talk about the mom helping get together these Valentine's right. bags that they take to their classmates, stuff like that. If it, it was a normal day, I kind of get it. But because there was extra stuff going on that morning, I don't know. She kind of says she blocked it out, which is odd that you would block out the part before finding right. out your mom was dead. But not what would be the black actual... was the part after, right. right? Would be the part that she is telling. Well, the no, full I would th- no. About. When someone's in a really bad car accident, it's not just the car accident; it's usually the whole day before. Sometimes, like three days before the accident, that are blocked out. But so she suddenly remembers just being told that her mom died, and then everything after that, and then I don't blocked know. out the really critical part of the morning. I don't know. Yeah. She says, the way she describes it, though, is kind of terrible because she says, no one sincerely asked me. And that's why she hadn't really thought about it. Because a police interview is they weren't sincere? No, or it wasn't serious enough. Or or (laughs) did she feel like they were disingenuous in the way they were asking? I just don't Uh, think sincerely is not the right word. No, it's not. No. The prosecutor does think that the boys' stories were kind of influenced by the dad because he had sole custody of them right up after the murder. 
and they weren't interviewed for a few days after the murder. So that's plenty of time to have the dad kind of talk to them about when the mom was getting breakfast ready and when the mom was seeing them that morning. Right. So now it's the two sons versus the pathologist who said she was killed the night before. Mm-hmm. But I keep remembering how the cop at the scene said her belly was warm. Right. But the dad, Curtis, said she was cold. He did. But that was in a much later interview. Right. That was in the interview when, I mean, when he's being called in eight years after the fact when he's indicted. But he again, she was cold. truth usually doesn't change. Details like that don't usually change. But I feel like if somebody, when someone's dead, the way that they look, they look cold. So he probably just associate. he could have just very easily associated it in his head. No, she was dead, stiff, cold, because those are the things that you think about when you think about a dead body. Right. But I mean, the person whose story I would take on that is the person who actually touched the body, the investigator that came in and touched the body after, right? They would remember. Well, hopefully they wrote it down in a report. Right. If they had actually taken the temperature, then... A lot of that would be resolved. Did they not? No, I don't think so. Uh, Um, Did you have to? I thought so. And then, well, we'll get into that later. But I did look at rigor mortis. It starts, the body starts stiffening two to three hours after they die. So she would not be stiff at this point. She would have barely begun to stiffen. She would have just started having rigor mortis. Just started. The body doesn't get very stiff until 12 to 24 hours. And the body only gets cold 1.5 degrees every hour. So to be actually considered cold would be 12 hours. But she wasn't cold. But... I do believe that she was not cold. The midsection takes the longest to feel cold, which I thought was interesting. Interesting. So... All right. The defense attorney totally disses the original cop. Mm -hmm. Did you... Do you remember this? He says he was on canine patrol... And then right. he says he was investigating crimes against seniors. Right. And, and then he says he only did a one-week course on being a lead detective in a homicide case. There's a course? Is it like an Excel workshop? I Can do. I, I was thinking, it? Does, is it an online course? Can I take it? Is it like... Be your own best detective. <laughs> I want to take it. The defense also points out that Corey drank a lot and fell down a lot and was bulimic. The trial is a mistrial. It's six guilty, six not guilty. Curtis doesn't want to take a deal that will put him in jail for 13 years. So they're fighting. They're going to go to trial again. They're broke. But Christine, his new wife, begs this civil rights lawyer who is Andy Dick, without a doubt. He is Andy Dick. Yes. I think it was Andy Dick. If you were wondering where Andy Dick went, we found him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, he's a civil rights lawyer, and this is his first murder trial ever. But what does he do on the side? He does, sorry, uh, in wrongfully imprisoned? What, what's yes, that called? Yes, he, does, he is the like, yeah. innocence project type stuff. Right, exactly. Also, by the way, can we just talk really quick about shades of cereal in this episode? It was yeah. so interesting because we had to go into body position and time of death and being stiff and all that stuff, which is if you listen to Undisclosed, which is the supplement to cereal, it goes into that like full episodes dedicated to rigor mortis. It's pretty good. Ooh, I never I got know. past the first episode of that. <sighs> Not cereal. Don't yell at me, people. I listened no, un- to cereal. Undisclosed. undisclosed. It was good. I really liked it. Okay. The neighbors heard constant arguing, including this total looky-loo neighbor who was walking by, which is BS. I think she was just listening at their door. She The night before, she thought maybe someone was in distress. There was so much yelling. So that's why she listened. She's Not just because she's totally curious about what's going on in their marriage. That is total malarkey. That's but ridiculous. It's malarkey. But Curtis had specifically told the cops that there was no fight the night before. So he's already lying. But that could just be a husband lying so he doesn't seem to be guilty. Why do you think there was a fight the night before? Because I believe the neighbors who said there was constant yelling. You believe the neighbors? 100%. I believe the neighbors that there there was constant yelling, but I don't. I believe him that there wasn't a fight the night before. Oh, really? I believe that maybe they had a quick raised voices thing, but it wasn't a fight. Couples know their levels of fighting. So in Curtis's head, it probably wasn't a fight like they've had fights. 
It was probably just a few minutes of like, I don't feel good. Well, blah, blah, blah. You know, a few seconds. That's the quick If you're that sick, you don't have the energy to yell. Well, we'll get into the sick portion. I believed the nosy neighbor who really heard a fight. With the short blonde hair? Yeah. She's taking a walk before Valentine's Day. The next day, there's ambulance at the house. She would remember. I heard them fighting the night she, before. She's my loser, by the way. Really? Yeah. I was very She made that very her. little impression on me that I, I was. I was cranky. Okay. I feel like she's a nosy Nelly. I feel like Since, it's helpful. Oh, my gosh. You're a nosy Nelly. Well, I really wish there was more excitement around my <laughs> complex. There's nothing really, that happens in your nothing complex. Nothing happens. Yeah, I never really. get to hear fighting. So the forensic scientists that we have seen a million times before... Werner Spitz, the guy with the accent who's German or something. Yeah. He has invent. We've seen him so many times on all of the crime shows. It's him he- and Lee. Lee's the other one. Dr. Yeah. Lee. Yeah. It's always them. Spitz worked on the JFK investigation, the MLK investigation, the CA, Casey Anthony investigation. And I think, was he in the JBR, JonBenet Ramsey, investigation on no, that CBS? No, was that was Lee. Are you sure? I'm positive, because Lee was OJ, and I think Lee was JonBenet. Yeah. Also, okay. keep in mind, all these people are paid, you know? Yes. Oh, I'm fully aware. Okay. All right. Yes. No, I don't really trust this guy. Yeah. Um, the, this was when, though, in the second trial, we get part two of my second OMG moment. Cameras are allowed in the courtroom, unlike the first trial. We actually get to see Erica. So Erica, who looked like a creepy crash test dummy in her own house drinking Folgers and interviewed on Dateline in the worst makeup and wig situation with the lipstick, scared me to death for nothing because now she's fully on the stand with no disguise. I was just what? But apparently, Dateline tries to defend her on Twitter and says that she didn't know that the second trial was going to be televised or filmed and the interview in the disguise was done before. That's what I was curious about. So the interview with the disguise was done between the two trials? Yes. Or something like yes. that? Yes. I okay. don't know if she was like not allowed a disguise on the stand. No, you're not. But you can't request to just not be filmed? No, you can't. If the if there are cameras allowed in the courtroom, that's just, that's it. The judge decided. So you have no say in it. You're a witness. And no. you can't decide if Dateline airs that footage. Dateline was in the courtroom. Dateline was allowed in by the court. Dateline and 48 Hours and all the people. Yeah. Well, that just seems unfair. Well, I think she probably just feels like a moron. Because now I... all of her, wouldn't you have just done your Dateline interview again and been like, can I come back and do this again? <laughs> I need a redo. <laughs> Dress like a normal person because this is a nightmare. That's very funny. I could see that. So Erica says that their marriage was not peaches and cream. She said that alcohol was involved and that he would get violent grabbing at her. The grabbing at her was a little weak. It was like he ripped her shirt and he just kept grabbing at her. I don't understand. Yeah. I d- it kind of, yeah. I just didn't, not that that's not abuse. I'm not trying to diminish, but... She's not believable. She seemed... She came off as just crazy. Yeah. And kind of lying. Kind of, yeah. yeah. She did. Now, this is before... This is before the defense has a crack at her. She came off as lying to me. Yes. So her big thing is that he kind of confessed to her what she says. He kind of confessed to her about killing Corey. He says, one time he was drunk and he says, she was writhing underneath me. And then says, oh, I mean the black cat. What? Wait, did either way, this is bad. Because he's either saying he murdered Corey or he murdered a black cat. I think it was way, it felt like a childhood memory. That he had somehow been stuck. Was wrestling with a cat? Who knows? Or he was a toddler and got put down on a cat. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. You I don't do, know. So you did not believe that he said it and that it had think, to do I with Corey? I think Corey. he may have said it, but I think it had nothing to do with Corey. I don't b- really believe Erica, but I believe if it was someone else, I maybe would have believed her. 
But then the prosecutor starts saying writhing a lot, and then I got uncomfortable. So this is when we, the on the stand, when she gets cross-examined, Erica, is this is when we find out what a true gift Erica really is, that Dateline has given us this gift wrapped up in a little bow, and that is Erica. Erica says she had filed a complaint against Curtis, but when they investigated it, it was found out to be an accident. She's like, he accidentally grabbed me, and it was totally unfounded. And then all of a sudden on the stand, she just kind of goes crazy, where she's just like saying words. She says, that's not real. Somebody put those words in there. Those words shouldn't be there. That should have my signature in there. What is she talking about? What is she talking 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 about? about? And then she says Curtis knows how to forge documents and he stole her social security card and then he stole her daughter's bike from the garage. He stole a girl's bike? What? Then she just loses it and she's crying, but she's like, I can't breathe. But it's really weird and fake and just no No tears. tears. Not a nary a tear. No, she's like a a weird wind-up doll who's just has a spark shortage in it. Yeah, and it's just making all these different emotions all at once because she's crying and then she's fine and then the tears are gone. There were no tears. And then she says he was poisoning her. Okay, bring it on. Okay, your hair was falling out. Okay, you had white lines on your nails or something. Okay. Um, and you didn't feel well and you thought it was in your orange juice, but you never went to the doctor because it wouldn't have mattered. Okay. Thank you, Dateline, for Erica. She's the new... She was a gift. She was the new Bonnie. She was the new Michelle. She was the new Sheila Davalu. Because I think even the prosecution, I think, kind of thinks we really effed up by putting her on the stand. I think that was a huge mistake. It was a huge mistake. Did you not interview her yourself and see what the things that she was going to say and how she Mm -hmm. was going to say them? If it was someone else, again, I would be like, oh, my God, he tried to poison her. And instead, I'm like, oh, my God, she's nuts. It made me not believe anything she was saying, even though it could all be true. She could be crazy and he could have done all that stuff. But yeah, but she's just totally She's just totally nuts. It makes me not believe it. This is, I guess, what Dateline feels like is the OMG moment is when this EMT first responder testifies. He, for some reason, has a thicker accent than anyone else in this entire town. And he admits that he moved Corey's arms. He's the one who put them up like that to do the EKG machine to check for a pulse. Well, he said they were up. I thought he said they, they were, were down. Up, like, resting. No, they were up resting on her chest. That's why he had to move them. That they makes were sense. Up resting on her chest. Okay, so they weren't so just they floating. Were here. They were not floating. No. Although that makes more sense because Curtis had said that her arms were like that when he found her. So yeah, he said her arms were up. He didn't mean floating. He right. meant they were up. They weren't. That makes sense. Flat, down. Yeah. I thought the EMT said they were down. That makes sense. Mm-mm. But he doesn't really say how much rigor there was. And he, he was doesn't. testing for rigor, and we needed to know that because now well, that I've learned did, all about rigor, yeah. But now yeah. I've learned all about it. I'm a professional now because I went it's on true. Wikipedia and I know you about took a rigor. Detective course. A one week. Mine was one and a half weeks. It was ten days, and that's two weeks actually. It, and I got an A plus. I got a gold star. One of those You're stickers. You're certified forensic scientist now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making Just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude. 
Stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans in- engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Bravo, bros. Good job. Okay, now Curtis takes the stand. And then he starts crying, totally crying like Erica was crying. Like, I don't think there were tears. And he's really only crying about how long the trial has been and how stressful it's been on the family. He had tears. He was actually crying. If you're comparing his crying to Erica's, you're wrong. Okay, but did you feel like he was not at all crying about his dead wife and only crying about that the trial had been very hard on his family? Well, yeah, because that's what they were asking him about. I think he cried whenever they brought up his sons, he started crying. From what I gathered on outside information, too, whenever the sons were like, they talked about how hard it was on them, he can't, he sort of can't keep it together. Okay, so he does love his sons. He does. So this part was kind of weak. I don't think he was a very good testifier. I don't know. Do you think it helped his case to testify and to cry like yes. that? Yes. Yes. I think that the jury ultimately at the end of the day wants to hear from the person accused. They do. And they usually don't take the stand. So it right. was probably good. But I just didn't like when the prosecutor said, you're saying the detective is lying. You're saying your second wife is lying. You're saying the pathologist is lying. And Curtis was like, it's up to them who's to say who's lying. What? Stick by your story. Say yes, that is what I'm saying. Yes, they that are is lying. What I'm saying. He's like, right. I don't know, every man has his own truth. So Oh sweet just, baby Jesus. Yeah, could they could, I don't know. They may think Curtis they're telling Mark the truth Twain. in their heart. He's just <laughs> pull out a Mark Twain. It's good. Uh, All right. So he is found not guilty after only two hours of deliberation. Just kind of yep. crazy. And we end the episode with tons of Folgers moments. We have the daughter drinking coffee, and she's very sad that she's estranged from her brothers. We have Curtis and his current Betty Crocker wife drinking coffee with the biggest Beethoven dog <gasps> I've I ever know. seen. I want it so badly. They don't deserve that dog. I deserve that yes, dog. Yes, they do. Christine deserves that dog. That dog. I mean, her husband's in jail. She got a big old St. Bernard. It's she did because he said he went home to a dog he didn't know. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Because but, it doesn't seem like something you would even mention. If it was Griffey, someone would be like, oh, yeah, she has a dog because he's nine pounds. It doesn't make that much of an impact. But then when you see the dog, you're like, I see why he mentioned I came home to a dog I didn't know. Because that dog 100. is literally 200 pounds of dog. It's a person. In their house. Exactly what I thought. That I dog like, takes up the whole length of the couch. The dog. Yeah, yeah. That's a giant dog. And yeah, um, I think... But I want that dog. So they are now suing the state for interviewing the sons without parental permission and saying they falsely imprisoned the sons while they were being interviewed, which is kind of funny. But yeah. they are probably going to get some money out of it. Mm-hmm. They have moved to another town and they are starting businesses to ac- help wrongfully accuse people. She has a Twitter page for her business. It is like Voice for Innocence or something. We should follow her. Should we? Yeah. See what she's I think up to. we have very different opinions on them. Probably. So there's a few moments I w- kind of wanted to mention. You probably do you have things you want to mention? Do you want to do outside uh-huh. moments? Uh, it's up to you. Do you know the son's names really quick? Larson. Yep. The daughter's Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Are they all L's? They're all L's. It's Larson, Logan, Lincoln, and Lindsay. Mm. Just wanted to... I feel like that changes my... It subtly changes my view of the family. I wonder where That's L came from. L must have been a relative who passed away. No, it's Lovelace. So it all matches the last name. Lindsay Lovelace, Logan Lovelace, Larson Lovelace. That's a mistake because it sounds like a porn name. Well, I know. I don't think they thought about it. Lindsay Lovelace sounds a lot like Linda Lovelace. It really does. It happens. You're not really thinking when you just had a child. I guess. Uh, But let's talk about why Lindsay isn't speaking to the rest of the family. Please. That's all I want to know. Okay. So I watched an interview with her with a local Illinois police station. She was interviewed one time before the first trial and then again before the second trial. So the one that I watched was before the second trial. And apparently there were some sort of rumors that were happening that Lindsay played a big part in why the investigation started in the first place into her father. Oh. It's a small town. So there were a lot of rumors that Lindsay 
had sort of gotten the ball rolling on that. See, and they made it seem like she was more an innocent kind of, they happened to need her to be a witness, but they weren't, she wasn't the driving force behind it. But I think maybe there was an incident or something that happened that that I could not find that did sort of keep the investigation going. Um, And so the brothers believe that. She, and then she made a really So they blame her. They blame her. And so for their, for the father being arrested, all of it. And so the interesting thing that she said is she said when she saw her brothers in tri- in court, she started crying. And I guess there's one point in the first trial that after Logan or one of them is on the stand, she runs out crying. She runs out of the courtroom crying. And the reporter talked about that. And Lindsay said, I just felt so bad because I'd spent all my life protecting them and I couldn't protect them anymore. Which leads me to the biggest thing that I want to talk about, which is Corey's being an alcoholic. Uh-huh. So I think that was a lot worse mm-hmm. than what we're than what we're seeing. Corey, here. not Curtis. Corey, the mom. I think her being sick that day was not really sick. I think that sick is mom's on a bender, mm-hmm. and she's falling downstairs and doing stuff. I think that it sort of clicked with me when Lindsay said that she'd protected her brothers. I'm like, well, she was protecting them because her mom's an alcoholic. See, I assumed she was protecting them something bad about the dad and it could be the dad too if the dad was an alcoholic too then yeah so you think just the mom was always on benders and one of those crazy erratic alcoholics yeah i think things had gotten make their kids lives miserable yeah because when she was so when she was found her blood alcohol was 0.049 which i think is kind of high uh when she was tested when she died I think um, that's below there, the legal limit, isn't it? But there was the weird thing is there's no alcohol but she was found. Dead. There was no alcohol found in her urine or in her eye fluid, which were both tested. Ew. And so alcohol appears in your urine and your eye fluid 30 minutes after you drink. So basically she had died very shortly after taking her last drink. Like that would have shown that would have been present if she had had a drink like two hours before but she had right she had had a drink pretty pretty quick before she died which is bad because that's also eight o'clock in this in the morning right so i think it was really a serious alcohol problem and not like a stomach flu no i think it was a really serious alcohol problem that made her sick combined with bulimia yeah Yeah. and the family is very christian and religious and upstanding members of society so it makes sense they're christian yes Christine oh. is, at least. Christine oh, has that. it on her page. Yeah. Oh. Like, proud Christian. So, oh. and he's, they're upstanding members of the community. So it <gasps> makes sense that they would hide the alcohol problem. Yeah, it's the classic, right? Yeah, yeah. You hide it from everyone. It would also make sense they were fighting all the time if they're both drinking so much. Um, can we talk then about the most important part of the episode? Which is? Wolf pups. Yeah. What is a wolf pup and where do I get one? I thought it was like dire wolves. I immediately is, right? thought of ghost and lady. And yeah. why are there wolf pups? I don't know, but I want them. Why? I don't know. Why are and, they at the school? Well, it was obviously divine intervention that she would get to hold wolf pups on the day her mom died. That would be the most comforting thing in the world. It would. It's like a comfort golden retriever, but instead it's a wolf before it gets to be all scary, murderous wolf. It's a baby wolf. Okay, the, my last thing I have to bring up, I don't know if you noticed, there is a moment when the prosecutor is being interviewed at the very end, and there is this little bug that is flying around his face. No, I totally didn't notice. Oh my I rewound God. it four times oh to make God. sure it wasn't on my TV screen. Oh my god! It gosh. is not on my TV screen. You see it over his glasses. I can't tell if it's like reflection or if it's literally flying around his face and he just wants to shoo it off. They are inside. I don't know why the bug is there or why they just didn't reshoot that part. He wasn't saying anything particularly like he could have just repeated it without the bug flying in his face. That's wonderful. Yeah. But it really you think it's on your TV screen. That's quote of the week. Yes. We have. All that changed when a man in a windowless room a few blocks from the Mississippi 
found himself with spare time on his hands. I mean, they paint a picture. They really do. It makes it seem like he's a nosy Nelly. He was in a windowless room with nothing to occupy his time. Yeah, that's true. But a computer filled with old cases. You would dig into them too. Yeah, but like looking for something that he could make a name for himself. No, that is not how I got it at all. I did. He was bored and he was digging into old cases and he sees one that was the old district prosecutor person. He's like, what? He was charged for with murder? What? Or his wife died? I'm looking into this case. There's no Hmm. windows in this room, so I can't see the old Mississippi outside. Why do they never go, like, on the old Mississippi? Um, I don't know. Yeah, why why don't they they do, like, why don't they do, uh, what's it called? References to Showboat. Yes. The musical. That'd be great. (laughs) Old Man River. Keeps on rolling. Oh, well, this is perfect. My second quote of the week. Big dreams on a mighty river can carry you far, or they can drag you under. Whoa. Right? I like that one. I missed that one. That's yeah, good. That's good. Wait, Did I had you... a classic I yes. had a classic dateline. Um there were so many coffee drinking moments in this. Oh, God. There were uh, I think there were upwards of 10 from almost everyone. Everyone it in was... this town likes were they I saw a couple staring out windows. I saw yeah, a couple just staring into space. Just standing. The last one is Curtis. Is Curtis looking up from a book to stare into space? It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he was reading Gone Girl and just contemplating <laughs> what was happening. Um, and then my other classic Dateline moment. I don't know if you noticed, but Dateline keeps sneaking him in. But we had a random interview in this. <gasps> and Not the, the neighbors. Same- no, because those were really the police. That was really the courtroom footage. Wait, was there the a friend at the beginning? There was that totally like, went away. Just like last week, we had a friend yes, in the I beginning. Remember. Beth, who's yes. in maybe the first five yes. minutes, and she is a friend of Corey and Curtis's from high school. And she is useless. Completely useless. Just saying how they were sort of fun loving in high school. Literally, nothing. that is it. That is all. Yeah, but, she and then she's gone forever. And then she's gone for just like last week, the random friend that we had. So I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they're testing out a thing to throw, try to throw us off track. Like, oh, she's going to be important. Beth is going to have a big role to play. I have two theories. But, One what? is they think maybe she'll have some explosive news like on cold justice they interview five million people and they're always like why are we doing this why are we doing this and then one person will say one thing like interviewing the emt and he's like oh yeah i moved the arms and that you can you imagine their faces when they're like i'm sorry you moved the arms yeah that is what the entire case is you built on no one has released this info what so they're hoping Uh for something like that Two, the Dateline crew has a bunch of interns and they want to give them film experience. So they have them go interview people like the friends. And then they but just how is that... put in the footage just to make them feel good. How is that not? Oh, they do. Okay. Just That's be like, look, your footage cut. made it on. It's totally oh, integral to the plot of the episode. It's so not. And why don't you have Beth on later? Because I found it interesting. Corey and Curtis met in high school. So Christine also knew Corey, knew the yes, original wife. 100%. The third wife knew it. And I yes. would like to know more about that. Yes. Were Corey and Christine friends? Is this right. more of a scandal? Right. Irritating. Because not only did you marry someone whose wife died, you knew her in high yeah. school. I'm assuming because yeah. it was, that's weird. It's weird. All right. Sorry. What else do you have? I didn't really do an MVP loser. I liked Cop, who said there was a mistake. Mm-hmm. You, I liked the mom. I liked Marty a lot. But She was great. Marty was also my OMG moment, by the way. Because at the very, very end of the episode, they're only <gasps> showing she... Marty the yeah. entire time. And then all of a sudden, at the very end, there's someone sitting next to her. <laughs> That's her son? Literally. Yes. He what barely got to talk. I believe he's a dentist. He's was Corey's brother and maybe is there just for emotional support since the dad died. But then don't show him <laughs> because it's like all of a sudden and it's clear that it's the same interview because her sweater hasn't changed. The position in the room hasn't changed. It's oh, just you were there her. the whole time. And then all of a sudden there's a guy next to her. It was I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Who? That was amazing. I thought you to were going to say that at the end when she refuses to say what she thinks happened. 
because she's like keeping it right uh here keeping it keeping Uh, it tight in her little heart pocket she's keeping it baking in her oven and she's (laughs) not gonna pull those cookies out yet she has thoughts about what happened to her daughter but she thinks she she thinks there's no point in saying them she's gonna keep them and people can draw their own conclusions i thought that Mm -hmm. was what about joan rivers fashion police all I had was the scarves. Christine and the scarves oh my around God. her neck like a flight attendant the entire time. <laughs> and I just, either she was trying to be Fran- from France. <laughs> she was either going like for like Sophie, a French look. Like who makes love to the microphone. Love? Yeah, no, it was almost, it, it was either she was doing sort of a cutesy French thing or there was something wrong with her neck. I saw a picture where she has like a lower thing on in my outside research. There's nothing wrong with her neck. She's wearing the scarves as a fashion choice. I was very confused also by Christine, not just the scarves, but she had really short hair for like Mm -hmm. two clips at the very end and then has long hair again. Oh, I didn't understand that at all. What was happening? She must have cut her hair right after. And then they were like, we need more footage of you guys. And she's like, now I have very short hair. No, timeline on this episode has made me crazy. Yeah. No, because that was when they had moved towns. It was way off. It was after the trial. They had moved towns and were working on. And she had short hair? Very short hair. So when were those initial interviews with her with the long hair must have been done around the first trial. Dateline must have been wanting to release this episode after the first trial and then had to wait a year for the second trial. That's possible. Or literally she just cut her hair when they moved towns after the second trial. They had years of footage of these people then. Right. Because what all of a sudden yes. we have some footage, but ninety percent of the footage is her with long is, hair. Yes. But it was confusing. It was I very confusing. So better titles. Wait, no alternative theories? I mean, I think that I don't know. Maybe that maybe Lindsay did it. I said the neighbors. Why do you always go for the child? <laughs> it's know. not always the child. I think it's the neighbors. <laughs> you think the think neighbors it's... killed her? Yeah, they were sick of the fighting. They were sick of it. <laughs> and they snuck in and they waited for their time. And they were like, we're going to make this look. Also, we're going to make this look like a suffocation. I have issues with the fact that they say she was suffocated because there are things that happen when you're suffocated. There's oxygen raised in your blood levels. Your eyes do that petechia thing. Right. And they didn't bring up any, and maybe they did bring it up in the trial, but I could not find evidence that they had brought that up. I think not... there wasn't a thorough investigation or a thorough autopsy. So oh, you're right. they maybe just didn't check a they lot of that They just didn't stuff. have the information. And then yeah. also cuts in the mouth could easier be bulimia. It could yeah. easily be a lot to do or with Or really anything. I bit my tongue, yeah. I bit my lip the other day eating, and I mm-hmm. had totally had a cut in my mouth. So that could have been other things. Not that I think he's innocent. I still think he could have done it. But I don't think it's conclusive. Go along with being smothered. Right. Like a lot of times you get blue lips. Things happen. Tell me your alternative titles right this minute. Okay. Um, Valentine's Day Massacre of one. Because it's not really a massacre, but it was one person. Um, The Floating Arm of the Law. (laughs) No. You like. (laughs) the hands the hands of justice move slowly um the floating arms of death that's good i like the floating Um, arms of death a slice of murder because of the pies yeah that's good i was trying to come up with a pie one that's good pushing daisies dateline edition because pushing daisies took place in a pie shop oh did it okay yes it did you didn't watch pushing daisies no, I didn't. Also, I'm You're again get writing... in trouble, just like I got in trouble for not watching Shit's Creek. People got mad at you. Cindy did. Good. She should get mad at you. Yeah. You should know. So um, I started also, it. Ra- I started it this week. Okay, and then my last one is the cremation that haunted a town. That's great. I like it. Okay, this wasn't very yours? Halloween episode. I mine are not that great this time. I'm I'm disappointed in myself because I felt like I had a lot to work with, but still, it's okay. Um, I had Loveless Marriage. Oh, <gasps> that's good. How that's beautiful. That's simple and that beautiful. One. Yeah. I don't do puns, but that's really good. And then I had Gin and Toxic. <laughs> <gasps> Ooh. Because that like was it. what she had in the white yep. cup by her mm-hmm. bed. Was gin and Tonic. I like it. And then I have my real favorite, which is 
Will the real rigor Morris please stand up? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, a little bit. That's a dra- oh that's a drag race reference because um Aly- Alyssa Edwards at one point says, Oh girl, you got rigor Morris. And she doesn't rigor know Morris? that it's yeah, she doesn't know that it's rigor mortis. Uh-huh. And so like yig yag. So I made rigor Morris a person. Yeah. Well Okay. Alright, that's all I got. But that's Wow. That's it. Okay. Was Adam Swiderski on Twitter this week? No. I know. He's on vacation. He's on a cruise or something. Or he's mad at us. I don't know what he's doing with his life. He's playing games. He's playing games. He's playing games with our hearts. Yeah. He's a player. I don't like it. He's a player. Um, Like, what's his name from last week? Who was the player last week? Dave. Dave? Yeah. Dave. Krupa. Krupa was a player. Um, Sam V. Nicole... Andy Dick killing it pro bono for the defense tonight. So many people agreed with me that it was Andy Dick. Erica Fisher, 881. I hope you guys have HDTV because this high def TV because Erica is a true blessing to my eyes in HD. I don't think you notice the lipstick. You need the high def to see the full effect of the lipstick. Yeah, um, maybe I do. I'll go watch it on yeah, the TV. Please go watch uh-huh. the lipstick. I will. I will go see it. Um, Bobby Nengigigi, who's the woman who stole Katy Perry's new look? Um, the pathologist. Several wow. people thought she was Katy Perry. Mavo1210, wow, they landed spits. <laughs> I can't tell if she's being <laughs> sarcastic. That's hilarious. Or if she's being serious. Oh I mean, he the is whole, a really big town's... deal. But the whole the town's whole, budget is just whole, gone is, for the they year. They landed spits. Can you yeah. believe it? They got spits. For, for $20,000 a day. Right. But I couldn't tell if she was actually impressed or if she was making fun of how excited. They always just list his credits, too. Every time he takes the stand, he has to be like, JFK and Martin Luther King, and I did this, and I have a this. I've been in the business for 75 years, and yeah. It is, yeah. Alfredo uh, rap leave number two alone. She's always wanted to be a blonde. Ah, that was funny. <gasps> oh, George Albert again. Wife number three is blinded by thirty years of pining away for Kurt. So that really made me think about what you had said. They were they did go to high school together, and if she had had a crush on him in high school but never got to date him, but always liked him, that would explain a lot of this like blind loyalty towards him. It's imagine like this star of the football team that everyone in the town right. knows. You have a crush on him. You finally get to marry him. Yeah. Oh, and you're the I stepmom wonder. to his kids. You are now think he's the sun and the moon. That's a really good point. Yeah, it does. Jane Minty, four down in Dateline Bingo. Mid-America. That's one of her choices. Football star slash homecoming king. Twofer. That's a good one. Because there are mm-hmm. several episodes with the star of the football team. Um, Always. In quotes, pillar of the community. Mm-hmm. They love a pillar of the community. Mm-hmm. And looks 10 years older than actual age. <laughs> I think we, I told to her we're totally going to steal those. Because I, like, I really like all of those. Kendra Smith. Wife number two came for the Oscar and nothing less. <laughs> with a gif of NeNe Leakes doing the snapping. Um, yes she did she went on that stand thinking i yeah. am gonna steal this whole show yeah, this is all about did. me now uh-huh. cameras are here i'm ready yeah mm-hmm. mm-hmm. watch me Re- cry mm-hmm. watch me nay nay yeah <laughs> watch me cry rebecca me crook <laughs> rebecca crook okay erica did he shoot jfk as well um redheaded scott you guys i'm starting to believe erica isn't entirely reliable huh <laughs> Sarah Holmes. Well, I don't like Curtis's fake crying either. She's just upset about everyone. Um, Dabuni too. Fried chicken for lunch, and you aren't here. I'm calling you. Where is my damn fried chicken? Hashtag you better be in jail. <gasps> that was brilliant. That's perfect. DSB five five six six. Christine, your airline called and wants all of their scarves back. <gasps> um, See, I was right. Mm-hmm. H.M. Montez, I don't know if Curtis killed his wife, but I'm pretty sure Erica is crazy. That seemed to just be the general consensus. We really yeah, don't know sure. what happened, but we can all agree on Erica. 
Yes. Um, and he even mi- said she was a rebound. It was a mistake. Yes. And the <laughs> final one, redheaded Scott. Okay, someone tell the truth. Is this woman's head going to roll off or something if she removes the neckerchief? Ah! Is it a full-on Ichabod crane? Which brings ah! it... Which all, brings us full circle near, to a Halloween episode. Halloween. Yes. She is nearly headless Nick. A jack lantern head. Yeah, oh, and this is so the only good. thing keeping it on. Oh, yeah, that's good. Um, I'm impressed. Uh, yeah, I like that one a lot. So uh, I think that's all we have for today. Nothing, nothing in the news? We didn't miss any other cookouts or anything else? God, you're so bitter. I'm Th- so upset. It's not a good look on you. I can be hurt. I can own that I'm hurt. They sent us swag, which we still haven't they, revealed the pictures of. They did. They've but... been sending a lot of people swag, though. I hate to break it to you. Okay, I can't, I, we can't talk about this anymore. No. Is The Bicycle <laughs> Thief, is that a book? Yeah. Why? Okay. That would just be another good alternative title for this. Didn't Erica say he stole oh my her daughter's God. bike? Yes. Yeah. The, the little girl's thief. bicycle from the garage. Oh, yeah. that's so good. Okay, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Oh, we're going to have some new segments on Facebook. Make sure you find our our bingo on our website. The link yes, is please. on Facebook, but it's also just Google us and you'll find it. Um, I'll make another post about the bingo so people can find it. Yeah. Subscribe and write us a review on iTunes. Um, and don't watch alone. Watch in your nice underwear just in case. Good one. Bye, everybody. Bye.